What if you could be doing something smarter with your money that creates income now? If you're wanting to get ahead financially and enjoy greater freedom of choice, if you want a comfortable retirement and you know you'll have more choices if you can do more with your money now, if you've wondered who else is creating ways to make their money work for them and you want actionable ideas with honest pros and cons and no fluff, welcome to the Richer Geek Podcast. We're here helping people find creative ways to build wealth and financial freedom. I'm Mike Stoller, and in this podcast, you'll hear from others who are already doing these things and learn how you can too. Welcome back to another episode of the Richard Geek Podcast. If you thought about quitting your day job and getting into real estate investing, our next guest is a must listen. Leka Devatha moved to the U.S. from India 13 years ago. She quit her corporate job at Nordstrom in 2014 and started Rehabit Homes. It's a company focused on residential redevelopment. After a string of successful flips, she obtained her broker's license and became one of the top producing agents in her office. She's now flipped over 40 homes and has expanded her focus to include land development, additions, acquiring long-term rentals both in-state and out-of-state. Her strength is finding creative exit strategies on every deal. She also serves as an advisor on the board of Certain Lending, a fintech company based in San Francisco. She enjoys inspiring and motivating other entrepreneurs to build successful business, and for this reason, hosts a monthly meetup, Real Estate at Work, to bring new and seasoned investors together, and she's even co-authored a book. Welcome back to the Richer Geek. I'd like to welcome the wonderful Leka Devatha. Did I get that right? You Leka? did. All you right. Got it right. Thank you. you got it right. <laughs> um, this is not our first time meeting, and, and as soon as we did meet, I was like, "Oh my gosh, we just have to have you on the podcast." And for a number of reasons. Number one, it seems like. Uh, you're the new Wonder Woman or Superwoman <laughs> in real estate investing. Is you have your hand in just about everything. But first, like, uh, um, welcome to the show, and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you're all about. Thank you, Mike. It was so wonderful to meet you in person in Phoenix not too long ago, and I'm happy to be here. Happy to be recording today. Um, we were going to do this a week ago, but I lost <laughs> power. So sorry about that. But yeah, my name is Leka Devta, and I invest primarily in the Seattle, uh, Washington market. I started doing single family fix and flips back in 2014. Um, I've done about 50 flips, um, you know, just tried to buy and hold a lot of single family and multifamily properties. Um, I do host a meetup uh, once a month, mm -hmm. um, among other things. And I'm also on the board of Certain Lending. It's a hard money slash bridge lending company, and they lend to real estate investors. 
So that's been kind of a fun project to see, you know, how they've evolved. Yeah. I mean, like I said, you're into just about everything. Um, A lot of our listeners are currently working nine to five. They have busy jobs, but they do watch that wonderful television show that, you know, that, that channel and they, they see that, wow, look how easy it is to do a fix and flip. Is it as easy as the television shows put it? I wish. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Don't get me wrong. I did watch those shows myself back in the day. But since I've actually actively been doing this, um, I don't watch it. I am afraid to watch it because there's just so many things that are portrayed wrong. Um, Everything from getting permits to the numbers to the renovations themselves like it's a lot more involved Mm. Um, especially if you have a nine-to-five job I don't recommend doing this you know um, and doing more than one project at a time you can still do it if you're going at your own pace you know over the weekends or you're not paying heavy hard money costs for Mm -hmm. financing but if you are doing those things then I highly recommend partnering up with someone that's doing this full term Um, because it's just not easy. A lot can go wrong. I wish it was as quick and glamorous and easy. Like you snap your fingers and there's a before picture and there's an after picture. It's just (laughs) not that easy. I wish it was, but it's not. Yeah. Well, if it was, everyone would be doing, well, I should say everyone, I think as trying to do it it and yeah. and then what happens is usually then I come in and end up buying the house <laughs> yes. after after they're getting in trouble. And then I, I buy it at even a, a steeper discount than the, than right. the fix and flipper. Um, exactly. But so with, with the fix and flips, how do you go about, I'm sure it's changed. Maybe you can tell us a little bit. Um, do you just go on? like the MLS or the, or the Craigslist, how do you find a like house? Them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, it has evolved, you know, through my career. I've bought from different channels. Um, when I first started out, you're absolutely right. Like I would go on the MLS or mm-hmm. Craigslist, you know, talk to for sale by owners, mm-hmm. uh, brokers that were advertising on Craigslist, but that has all changed, you know, as you start to do more flips and start networking with the right people, mm-hmm. um, you're going to find better ways to find a deal. So most importantly, like for me, I think it's just networking with the right wholesalers um, and people that kind of know what they're doing that are investors themselves. So most of my projects now come from off-market deals um, where someone is buying directly or putting the house under contract directly from the seller and then I'm going there and, you know, getting transfer off the, that contract and then um, eventually ending up with the house. Um, most of my projects now come with a minimum of 100 to 150K spread. Uh, they're much larger remodels. So it's not like a paint carpet lipstick mm. remodel, as, as I yep. like to call it. Yeah. Um, they're much more involved. Um, you know, I have to work with architects and design engineers and structural engineers and um, really take the house back down to the studs to rebuild. 
And so I am essentially buying it at a pretty steep discount because of all the work that it's going to take to fix it up. Wow. That, yeah. yeah, that's impressive. That's so, Yeah. you know, I think most of the time people think and where people sometimes get in trouble, they go in and yeah. first coat of paint, they don't even do things, they patch up some holes and then they try to sell it, you know, for a 45, 40, $45,000 plus, you know, but just doing that lipstick, it, it sounds like you're, really taking it down but then yeah. your background is in some design you know is, isn't that correct and well I used to be a buyer uh fashion of you know Nordstrom mm-hmm. um so I did do it wasn't technically designed but I was a fashion merchandiser and marketer ah, yeah. yeah um so I did buy special occasion dresses and gowns <laughs> for the whole Nordstrom company. So I am, I was involved um, to some degree. The aesthetics were important. Yeah. And so you have that eye, you know, where me, I look at a rock and it's a rock, you know, I mean, it, it <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, um, but at least you, ha- you have that kind of an eye for design and what looks nice in the fashion world and, and what aesthetically might be as far as the trends going right and it's something that i i thought was fascinating here in the in the phoenix areas and i don't know if it's the same with you i can always tell if that's a fix and flip or if that's a that's a turn you know it, it's a house because as the years the seasons it seems like it's all the same color of outside you look at the pictures they're all kind of the subway tie it's kind of like the same do you see that that that's what's happening with the trends and yeah i mean there's a lot of guys that you know flip homes in my market too right yeah and if you see their projects it's always the same tile the same subway Mm -hmm. the same quartz the same like gray outside exterior colors yep um i think that's what's so fun for me is that Every house has to be different. Uh-huh. No two bathrooms can have the same tile. No light fixtures can be the same. Like for me, I really pay attention to the details and I like designing it. Mm. Um, so I like, you know, um, either doing like a chevron floor with bright blue cobalt cabinets, like really, you know, focusing and coming up with creative ways to design the same home. And so, you know, we kind of talked about, you know, what I call the bird dogs, you know, the, the people that kind yeah. of bring and uh, for people that don't real know what bird dogging is, is it's kind of like the fix and flippers um, right hand person. Right. You know, they you know, explain what a bird dog is and how important it is to yeah. finding those those really good people. Yeah. So bird dogs are essentially people that are out looking for these deals. You know, they're either door knocking, they're calling bandit signs or they're driving for dollars. Right. So they're driving around neighborhoods, looking at older properties, distressed homes, trying to track down the sellers. Sometimes sellers don't live in the same city. Uh, They don't live on that property. So it's like trying to track down the sellers to kind of get us in, uh, get our foot in the door uh, to go buy these distressed properties. So essentially they're like our eyes and ears on finding these distressed properties. And so if you find a a house and this is something that I would, you know, whether you caution our viewers or not, our listeners, do you buy everything and then figure it out later? 
or how much kind of research do you, even if it, wow, this looks like it's a really good deal. Do you bring in other people or, you know, with how much engineering is this really going to take, or does it matter to you? You just, if, if you think the margin is there, you just buy it and figure it out. And yeah. Um, so before I even go to look at the property, like I can look at it on the map, I can look at the neighborhood and that location and say, okay, this is how much a fully fixed property in for mm -hmm. this square footage and this location is going to be worth. Um, so knowing that, like I can always work backwards and say, okay, um, it doesn't matter what the fix up is going to be. You know, we can, once I walk the property, I can come up with that. Mm -hmm. um, Cause I've done like about 50 single family flips myself, but then, you know, to do those 50 flips, I have walked over 500 properties. Mm. So just going and evaluating every single deal, I've gotten pretty good at coming up with the rehab budget. Mm -hmm. So then once I walk the property and I know my rehab budget, then I know, okay, this is how much I want to pay for the property. Um, you know, whether it's 450 or 500 K, whatever it is, I know that my max resale value is this my rehab is this and so this is how much i can afford to pay um so i don't necessarily need to take an engineer or like a structural engineer or an architect right off the bat um because now i can kind of assess those things myself but i have done that in the past where i would take my architect along with me and he would help evaluate basement ceilings like in my area too um the city makes us do these seismic retrofits because we have tons of basements mm -hmm. and we are an earthquake prone zone um and so they are now enforcing people if you're fixing up the basement and you're doing a significant alteration to the home that they we seismic retrofit the home um which basically means that we are strapping the uh, basement framing the studs mm -hmm. to the concrete so mm -hmm. so we have to do that so sometimes I take my architect in there to evaluate whether or not the house needs to be seismic retrofitted um, but pretty much for the most part I am able to walk it myself and come up with that repair estimate yeah and I think it's important to know that you know, it, when you're getting into fix and flips it's like what you're saying it, it's you base the decision zero on emotion. Mm -mm. It's, yeah. and I think a lot of people get in trouble. It's like, Oh, I want to fix and flip this, you know, see, it's so pretty. It, you know, it's good. Isn't this a cute? And, and they, they go ahead and, Oh, it's a little bit out of my range, but you know, I want to go yeah. and fix and flip it. Cause it's going to be so cute. And that's when you just shake your head. It's like, Oh, you're just not going to survive in this world. Because it's all about the numbers, right? It's all about the numbers. Like I have passed on so many cute houses, um, really great houses and great neighborhoods. But I know that on the flip side, on the back end of it, rather, um, I'm just not going to hit those numbers, given the mm -hmm. amount of work that needs to be done. Like it's just not worth it. And so I'm, yeah, I'm always, you know, wary about the house that I pick. And I've gotten more pickier now before I would just like someone would pass on a deal and I'm like, yes, I'll do it. You know, <laughs> and I've gotten in trouble because things, you know, they just add up. And if yeah. your rehab estimate goes beyond what you budgeted or the timeline doesn't work out, then, you know, you're just going to have to take a loss and you do enough of those, you know what not to buy. 
<laughs> yeah, and and what not to put in. You know, I've I've talked right. to so many people that you know you have either spouse or, or a couple partners. One is kind of looks at the money. One says, "Oh, we want this in and that in, and and uh, we need granite and we need." this fancy tile and they put all this stuff in and I'm like thinking it's like, you know, this is a class C house and you're talking about overpricing the house because that's what you would want. Right. House that you're living in. Yep. Exactly. And not taking into consideration that this is going to be a blue collar house. This probably going to be an upgrade from an apartment, and they're just going to be extremely so happy just being a house. They don't need the granite, they don't need the tile. Yeah. Laminate is fine, you know, in yeah. certain situations. Now, if, when you get into certain price points, you're going to have that where you need the granite and you need the the wood and the tile and all the sort of things. But how important is it to sit there and say, okay, I don't care how cool this might look i'm just not doing it because it's not the market where this house currently is at it's so important because that affects your bottom line massively right yeah i mean i have over flipped properties where you know my house is probably the biggest and the baddest and the best (laughs) house and it's just you know people won't pay it pay that price just because it's beautiful it doesn't mean that that demographic can afford it um like i once flipped a home it was 3600 square feet but the biggest house that sold in that location was about 2300 square feet and suddenly here there is this house that is priced over 300 grand over the last house that sold so you know that that hurt me (laughs) and so always like stick within that median price point and only rehab as much as necessary. You can still make it really cute, but yeah. don't overdo it. You, <laughs> Did know? you hear that, everybody? Don't overdo it. It's yeah. all about the bottom line. You're into investing to make money, not to make exactly. cute houses. Exactly. <laughs> okay. They're going to be cute. Yeah. But they're not going to be overly cute to where you're going to price yourself out. The, the bottom line is you're yeah. in this to diversify your portfolio, diversify your income, and to make some money. Um, Who is your typical buyer once you flip? Are you selling them to other investors or uh, uh, just families? Uh, They're mostly like younger families. So Mm -hmm. we have a lot of tech population where I'm at. Um, Amazon, Facebook, Google employees. Mm -hmm that you know they don't want to do any work they want to just move into like a complete turnkey home and so that's when and then they and they like cute oh my like they they want like you know nice fixtures they want nice style nice yards um in a good school district so that's kind of you know my my buyer profile mm-hmm. is like a younger techie couple and you know all of our listeners we're all all in different markets so it, it's it's very different. If you're in uh, a blue collar city, it's going to be extremely different than, you know, tech savvy mm-hmm. um, Seattle, you know, or uh, the Midwest. And it's all different. Learn how important it is to learn that demographic. Right. And do you also stay within a certain, dem- do you just focus on, okay, this is my niche in, in fixing flips or are you all over the place or do you concentrate in? 
Yeah, I'm all over the place. I go where the project takes me. Mm. Um, so it could be like a multi-million dollar flip mm. or it could be a 500K flip. It doesn't matter. Um, as long as the numbers are good um, and there's a good spread, then I'm yeah. willing to do it. And I also have a really good team. Um, oh, uh, go. A general contracting team, that's important. Um, and it's really also what they where they want to go, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so same, if the numbers are good and make, we can make it work, then we will go anywhere. Sounds cool. And again, it's what, what do all of our, uh, podcast guests say is the, probably one of the most important things. It's their team. Don't yeah. do this without a team, the team I've, I flamed so hard in my earlier career because I did not have a team. Yeah. Uh, you learn your and lessons. You don't have to, like, I don't employ my team. I just work with them, you know, um, and that's fine too. Like mm-hmm. use them as you need them, but pay them well and make sure that you build relationships to, to where you are their priority. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk, move a little bit and let's talk about real estate at work. Yes. Yeah, so Real Estate at Work is a networking group that we started back in 2018. We've had over 45 events. So we do an event a month um, and it was mainly in-person networking. Um, We would provide lunch. It was like a daytime networking event where people, you know, that had families and other commitments in the evening could Mm -hmm. come during the day grab some lunch and network with really cool people. Um, And we have a generous sponsor that sponsors the lunch and the location. So we are able to um, give all the money that we make at the door to two different charities, which I'm really passionate about, which is great. Um, So, you know, it's a little bit of giving back, but also it's a lot of networking with some really awesome people that are actual real estate investors in the local area. Now, since COVID uh, this year, we have moved the networking, the in-person networking event to make it virtual so more people can attend. And it's remarkable to see how that has morphed into people from across the country, even people from around the world now tune into our events, which has been amazing. So we typically have a speaker. Um, I know you were on there (laughs) on our last event. I loved it. You know, I absolutely, and I I may do some business with, with some, some people that were there, you know, and it's, uh, it's just fabulous. I I just absolutely loved it. Great people. And who is this? Is this an invite only? Are there, uh, if, if so, are there recordings somewhere where people can kind of learn? You know? Yeah. Um, so this is not invite only. It's open to everybody. You have to follow me on social media to see the events for our events because we don't have, um, or to see the details of our events. We don't mm-hmm. have a set schedule. Um, it's really when my speakers are available and when I'm available that we put an event together. So it's not like we're doing this every month on a certain or a specific date. Um, so I just put it out on social media, on LinkedIn, on Instagram. Um, and you know, we have a link to a zoom and you just tune in and we do like a speaker session followed by breakout rooms. 
we've had some really killer speakers in the past. Um, so I highly encourage you going and checking out our previous events. We do have a Real Estate at Work YouTube channel. So if you Google us, like you should be able to find it. Um, and all of our past recordings are on there. So go go check it out. Perfect. Yeah, I, yeah there was people in, uh, you know, from finance, uh, fix and flip, uh, people yeah. like me, the hotels, but there was yeah. also college students that have, you know, they very shy. Hey, I, I haven't done anything, yeah. but I want to learn type of thing. And it's just wonderful. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it That's was, what's amazing is like we have people from every gamut of investing yeah. careers, like people that are just getting started to people that haven't even heard of it to people that are crushing it like you, Mark. And so it's, you know, it's like awesome to see all these people coming together and like, you know, helping each mm -hmm. other out. Yeah, uh, it's just, I, I love it. it. It's, the thing is COVID has been horrible. Um, yeah. Someone that's COVID positive right now and, and, and dealing with it, but it's, it's but, so so sad to hear, but I'm so happy. That, that's okay. I'm I'm feel, I'm fine, but it's yeah. the thing is the the virtual world has just exploded and opened up so much. Instead of watching the TV shows, you can actually learn from people who are actually doing it, real yeah. life yep. experience, and it's not Hollywood. You know, it's learn from our mistakes, our failures. Because I'm the first one to admit that. My God you know, fried. I mean, I just, and then, but pick yourself yeah. up and learn. Uh, I think so. Mike, the first time we met, that's what we connected on is that you were like, Oh my God, I made all these mistakes. And I'm like, <laughs> no. Oh my God, me too. So exactly. Like, and then I'm teaching, um, I want to teach people how not to make, how mistakes. not to make those mistakes. Exactly. And, and that's why we have these podcasts. Um, right. Let's talk about now you're kind of shifting because you're wonder woman. <laughs> uh, and now all this other stuff isn't good enough for you. You're into land development. Yes. <laughs> okay. So that's, that's another branch off of the diversity, diversified tree. Yes. Um, and that's how we met here in Phoenix. You were down here shopping for some land. Yes. Uh, so what are you doing? Yeah. So, um, you know, one of my flips basically ended up being a huge land development deal. It was just going to be like a small time fix and flip, like, you know, quick in and out three months construction, put it back on the market and move along. Mm -hmm. um, instead, I held on to it. I subdivided that lot into three different parcels. And now I'm selling the two parcels and the house separately. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that nets me quite a big profit. And so I've been looking at basically developing land and uh, more buying more sites um, and so like I was in Phoenix, we were looking at some land to buy and build um, assisted living facilities or adult family homes. Mm -hmm. So it, it was, you know, it was nice to come see the market and kind of see how different it is from Seattle. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit drier, I think. A yeah. uh, little bit few, sunny, a little bit. A few more cacti. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's amazing. I, I think, um, you know, why stick to one thing once you get good enough, once you have that team, yeah. then you yeah. can kind of diversify out. Um, and I'll and, be the first to say that don't, you know, put mm -hmm. your foot in everything at once. 
um, do one thing and do it really well. Yeah. And once you're good at it, then go look for the next thing. So like when I first did fix and flip, that's all I did for three years. I just focused on doing fix and flip. Mm-hmm. And in year three or four was when I got my real estate broker's license. I didn't even have a license till then. Mm-hmm. So I just say like, you know, when you do something like do it really well and prove to yourself that you're capable of doing it. And then it's easy to kind of diversify and then please diversify, learn, learn as much as you can. And now you're, you've diversified into books. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't, can't. And it's not just any book. It's, it's a, uh, the, the group that you're with, you know, you do a lot with uh, women investors. Yes. And yeah. you kind of concentrate in building up that segment of the investing world. So tell me a little bit about the book, the, the group that the book came from. Yes. So the group is called the Invest Her community. Um, and they are the publishers of the book that we all collectively wrote. Uh, the book itself is called The Only Woman in the Room. And it's 20 real estate women investors from across the country, even Finland. Um, and we came together and we each wrote a chapter in the book. It's compiled by my very good friend, Ashley Wilson who is such a rock star powerhouse herself. Um, so what Ashley, the, the idea for the book came about because Ashley was at a convention um, where there was 475 men and 15 women. <laughs> and she was kind of taken aback by how many men there were and how, how few women there were in the real estate investing space. And so she, at that point said, I need to, you know, basically get some killer women together to write a a book that other women and even men can Mm -hmm. read and be inspired. And that's kind of what she did. She went across the country and she found 20 women and um, we each wrote a chapter and we put it together, compiled it. Um, And now the response has been so awesome. Um, like people from all over write to us and tell us what, you know, inspiring stories we've written about. So it's, it's been a, a really cool book to be a part of. Very, very exciting. Yeah. So we will, we'll end on, on a couple notes, you know, so what in the world is next? (laughs) (laughs) Where do you go from here? (laughs) Um, what is so your I, what is your inspiration? Where are you? Twenty twenty one. Where you want to yes. be? Twenty twenty three, or you know, a couple of years. Yeah. So I have been really excited about the self storage investing space. Yeah. So I am actively researching self storage and also, like I mentioned, assisted living. Mm-hmm. Um, so these these two assets asset classes, I think, are. Self storage because it's really like the next big bad awesome <laughs> asset class to be part of assisted yep. living because I just feel like there's a need in our country to open you know these beautiful homes for adults and provide mm-hmm. quality care. Um, so I just think that these are the two asset classes that I'm going to focus on next year and hopefully you know be actively involved in one or both of them. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to say that because I'm I'm doing a uh, feasibility study on uh, in in the area. It's it's going uh-huh. to be a you know uh, 
I'll, I'll, I'll kind of spill the beans. Okay. <laughs> a, <laughs> um, it's going to be a joint kind of a luxury RV. Okay. Um, storage slash self storage. Nice. Um, but it's going to be more of a uh, all covered RV parking because uh, RVs are up just within COVID. They're up around 240%. Nice. The ownership. Yeah. Because yeah. no one's flying. Now, not all those 240% of ownerships are going to have places to park yeah. their new RVs or their boats, or, you know, in these trailers. And then along with, I, I do believe that self-storage is, is going to be extremely, extremely popular, especially with the, the population growth and, and people moving. Um, so I, I'm going to kind of marry the two and that see if so I can- smart. See if we can do something. Uh, so maybe we'll talk in the future. Yes, let's talk. Okay, let's talk. <laughs> I'd love to hear more. So uh, to wrap things up, where can people find you mm -hmm. to learn more, to get involved, and just listen to your wisdom? Thank you so much, Mike. <laughs> um, yes, I am on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me through my first and last name, Leka Devta. I'm also on Instagram. Same, my handle is Leka Devta. So I would love to connect. And if I can help in any way, I'm happy to shed light and and help you on your investing journey. There you go. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, we'll have all of that information in our show notes, where you can find her and how you can follow her to find out all the exciting things that she's going to be doing. Take care, everybody. And thank you for listening to the Richard Geek Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Richer Geek Podcast, where we're helping others find creative ways to build wealth and financial freedom. For today's show notes, including all the links and resources from our show and more information about our guests, visit us at www.therichergeek.com slash podcast. And don't forget to jump over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts and hit the subscribe button. Share with others who could benefit from listening and leave a rating and review to get the podcast in front of more eyes. I appreciate you and thanks for listening.